pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, way up there, way out of here, goodbye baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. called on the outside corner and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Well, that was pretty awesome. Welcome back to Mariners Pod. Gary Hill with you. As the Mariners come from behind and in dramatic fashion beat the Oakland A's last night, the series now even with the A's. Man, last night, that was impressive. If there's one thing I think we've learned about this Mariners team, you can just not give up on the Mariners this year. You just can't. I remember... Well, it was a couple weeks ago, I tweeted, and it, it's whatever you call it, heartbeat, grit, you know, whatever your word is for it. This team has it. They really do. And again, last night, winning what really seemed like an improbable game to win. Down to Oakland, things at one point looking dark, looking bleak. They scored two in the eighth and two in the ninth, and they beat the A's now 27-18. and 18. They knocked the A's to 20-27. and 27. The Mariners, the third-best record in the American League, now even on this homestand. And another chance to take a series. Another series on the line tonight. We'll talk about that coming up, but I want to get to the highlights because that's going to be a lot of fun. I have some numbers for you that I think you'll enjoy, a couple of them around Leonis Martin. We're going to talk about him more, too, tomorrow. We're going to go really in-depth on what Martin is doing. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's it's going to be really good. So that's coming up in the podcast tomorrow. Coming up today, we also have uh, Shannon Dreyer with Mel Stoudemire Jr. That comes up. That's really good. Also, Aaron Goldsmith with Stephen Vogt. You'll like this. The local guy, I'll talk about that a little bit, but also talk about Taiwan Walker, Felix Hernandez, what it's like facing those two. And he's a great story as well, how he went from, well, amazingly making the major leagues to becoming an all-star. You'll enjoy that. And many haven't heard it. So I'm going to play Dave Niehaus interviewing Ted Williams. We have a couple of really good podcasts coming up too in the next couple of days. So, Fun times. Fun, fun times. So, let's get to the highlights here. Mariners taking on the A's. Mariners falling the night before. Rich Hill was outstanding, shutting down the Mariners. So, Mariners trying to get back at the A's, trying to even the series. And things off to a good start. Robinson Cano swatting in the first run of the ballgame. And get up. Drive into the gap in left center field. That's going to get down for extra bases. All into the the ball. Smith, the third. He's going to be waved in by Maniac. The throw in is cut off by Simeon. The relay to the plate, not in time. It's cut off by the first baseman, Alonzo. Seth Smith scores, standing up on a double into the gap by Robbie Cano. And just like that, the Mariners have an early one to nothing lead. 13th double of the year for Cano. I'll get to that in just a second. That is not insignificant. Oakland would tie it up in the third. Mariners would snatch the lead back in the bottom of the frame. Nelson Cruz driving in a run. But then as Nathan Carnes was just kind of rolling along into the sixth inning, 
and the wheels would loosen. He would get knocked out of the game. Four runs would come across for the Oakland A's, the big one, Coco Crisp. Montgomery deals. Chris swings and he stings it above Seeger's glove. It goes into left field. Alonzo scores. Simeon is behind him. It's picked up in the corner by Oki. Coglin slides in and stops at third base. Crisp slides into second. He has driven in two runs, and the A's have extended the lead. It's now 5-2 to two, Oakland. Yeah, 5-2 to two at that point, a three-run lead. But then, and this part should not be overlooked, and it's easy to in a game like this with the heroics late, but Mike Montgomery settled in. And he did his job. He gave the Mariners a chance to win, and he did it in dominating fashion. The windup, and again the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him with a changeup, strike three. And Mike Montgomery strikes out the side here in the top half of the eighth. Three and a third innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, and four punch outs for Montgomery. He has lowered his ERA to 1.67, just flat dealing. Bringing the gas from the left side, he was rolling. And he gave the Mariners the chance to come back and try and win this one. And it started in the eighth inning. Score remained the same, and that was until Gutierrez slammed a double off the wall. Then Robinson Cano would whack a two-run home run. The 1-1, swing and a well-hit ball like that one. Right center field, going, going, goodbye. game and now the Mariners trail by only one. So Cano's taken over the Major League RBI lead with 42 his three RBI game. If you pace out his numbers with what he's doing right now (laughs) if he stays on this pace his final numbers would look like this. He would bat 292 for the season with 47 home runs 47 doubles and 151 RBIs. That is what Robinson Cano is doing right now. So he draws the Mariners closer with the two runs there, and then the ninth inning would come along and Ryan Madsen would step in. And Madsen has been one of the best closers in the American League. He's really been good. He kind of came into the season split with Doolittle and almost immediately snatched the role all to his own, and he's been dominant ever since. And here's how the inning unfolded. So Madsen is on. He gets Ionetta to pop up to second, one out. O'Malley grounds to shortstop, two outs. So the Mariners down to their final out. Aoki would double to left field. So the tying run at second base, and it brings up, well, one of the hottest hitters for the Mariners, one of the hottest hitters in baseball at this point, Leonis Martin, first swing, took an absolute massive cut and comes up empty on a changeup that was in the dirt. And then the next pitch was able to lay off, pitch in the same spot, but able to lay off to drive the count to one and one. He gets another strike on him. So the Mariners are down to their final strike of the game. And this is what happened. The right-handers, one-two pitch to Martin. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep to right field. Going, going. Goodbye, baseball. 
Fantastic. The game winner and the Mariners beat the A's. They come from behind to take the second game of this series and a chance to take the series tonight. Just a thriller at Safeco Field. Here's what Martin said in the clubhouse after the game. Oh, my God, that's an amazing feeling. For me, this is the best feeling I have in baseball. And they're asking you to walk us through the at-bat. A lot of change-ups from him there. A lot of change, yeah. And I faced it a few times and never threw me change I don't even know what the ball got. The, the action on the ball. That's why it was a little bit inside here. And step out of the box and be under control and see the ball and swing. Don't get too aggressive. You take that first swing. Do you hear Robbie yelling at you? Do you hear yeah, Roger yeah, yelling yeah. at you? Robbie told me as soon as... And, Naughty, he got to the ball. Uh, he told me he's gonna get on base. Be ready to finish this. Yeah. What's it, what was it like? You obviously knew when you hit it that it was gone. And then you turned to the dugout. What were you yelling? Yes. Yeah, soon as I hit the ball, I knew it was gonna be gone. Soon as I hit the ball, I hit it. Across the door, I hit it. And just I was trying to put the ball in play. You yeah. know. What did you say to your guys as you run? I saw you look over the dugout as you Let's running. go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, everybody pushing the dugout. And Nelly and those guys say, we're going to win the game. Miley say, we're going to win the game. There it was. Robinson Cano after the game, too, was fantastic. Talking about what a night it was. Robinson, a great game right there. To see Leonis do what he just did. I know you've worked with him quite a bit. I've seen you on the field with him. He's told me you've done things in the cages. What is it like to help a teammate and see him get to this point? Well, that's all about. We're a team. So we're a team. You got to help each other. So that's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we told him, you got to stay, you know, short swing. And uh, I tell him when he was on deck, I said, be ready because he's going to over this game. I mean, end this game and look at what happened. And you see him do that. You tell him that, but then you see it. When that ball's in the or- in the air, what are you thinking? Well, I see it right as soon as he hit, I said, that's a homer. I don't know if you see me with my arm open, and uh, that's what we want. Like I said from the first day, not about one or two guys, about the whole team. We all go to you, and, uh, I mean, no matter how we win a game, it's it, somehow, way we got to win games. And you celebrate that as a team. You guys are all, you're, you're all right there with him. Yes, yes, we're all going to celebrate, and uh, that's a great comeback, especially losing five to two, be able to hit a homer, and then him coming in the games, that was unbelievable. And you help get things going in the eighth inning. We've seen this so many times. It's like you guys are down, it gets late in the game. What, what is the mindset when you go into that eighth inning? Well, the mindset, like, I always say this, not over until it's over, and then, I mean, we always got a pretty good chance. We all, play, we all major league, and then we never know what can happen in this game. There it is, Robinson Cano after the game. And one of the heroes, certainly, Mike Montgomery, should not be lost the job that he did. Oh, I mean, it was just excitement. I mean, kind of, he was down two strikes, you know, two strikes, and we were just saying, hey, do it. You know, put the ball in play, base hit, and then, you know, he just launched it. So, you know, we all kind of... Just uh, Yeah, I mean, just lost it. It's just, uh, you know, one of the best plays in sports. Mike, how do you reset, though? You, you give up the, the hit to Coco, and you, like you said, you shut down. But did you find a rhythm in that last couple yeah, of Yeah, I, I, I think I was rushing a little bit. You know, it was a situation where, you know, I come in, bases loaded, and, you know, I just overthrew a couple pitches. And, you know, after that inning, the next inning, I felt a little bit better rhythm, and it kind of just continued to build that way. And, you know, off speed got better. And, you know, I think... You know, that's gonna, that was just, you know, one of those things where, 
you know, ideally you gotta get it right away. And you know, I, I didn't have it right away, but I was able to find it. And you know, at that point, they, my job was to hey, put up zeros and give give the offense a chance. And you know, and sure enough, we were able to do it. Did you expect him to keep rolling you out there? I have uh, you know, he, uh, yeah, the last thing he said, if, if we score, you know, to get it close, then, then I'll be going back out. And, you know, I felt good. I actually felt better the, the last two innings. Uh, so, you know, I was not surprised, and I said, hey, you know, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Coming in and facing that first batter, I mean, mm -hmm. it's something that you're learning a little bit more yeah. about, it sounds like. Yeah, and, you know, I think it was just uh, – you know, I was just rushing, you know, trying to make that perfect pitch instead of just trusting my stuff. And, you know, after that inning, I kind of went back and said, hey, just, you know, go back to the basics because I don't need to, you know, do anything, uh, you know, different. And, you know, you know, I felt bad, obviously, giving up the run. And, you know, he, he, he hit it good. You know, he got me. And, but it was one of those things where we're not out of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go up here and put up zeros as long as they keep sending me in and let's hope for the best and, you know, so give our offense a chance. You know, I know these guys are good and they, uh, you know, had a good one last couple of innings tonight. And finally, this was the skipper after the ball game. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's some kind of come from behind wind. Uh, it speaks a lot to uh, the character of our club and, uh, I think I say is wow, you know I didn't. Uh, we just didn't quit, you know. Huge home run um, by Robbie to get us close. Aoki, huge hit with two out, and of course Leonis. Um, you know what can you say? You know Mike Montgomery. There's a lot of a lot of heroes in tonight's game, but uh, you know uh, just keep fighting, keep battling, and we got some some good going on in the clubhouse, which is it's a lot of fun. God, I was over in the camera well, and I saw the first swing that Leonis took, and you did one of these. Yeah, and my Spanish, which isn't very good, was suave, suave, take it easy, slow down. And, and you know, Robbie's yelling at him. And, you know, Leonis is a very fiery, high-energy player, and, you know, no situations arise. you gotta got to slow down a little bit. But uh, he hit the tar out of it, you know. It was a changeup, I think, that was up and, and uh, you know, put a great swing on it. I think the biggest thing is, you know, our guys are just competing. And in that situation, he's not thinking about his mechanics or the pitch. He's just like, I'm going to see it and I'm going to hit it. And uh, I tip my cap for, for him, to, the competitor, you know, that all of our guys are really showing in them. Uh, it's great, great to see. It certainly seemed like he knew it right away, too. He gave you guys a look at the bench. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, he, he hit the he hit the tar out of it. And, uh, you know, even Safeco Field, that one's going to get out, uh, no, no doubt. Been, I mean, you're not asking him to be a power hitter, but he's showing some pretty good pop. Yeah, he's got a quick bat, you know, and, and uh, you know, he's hitting a, a few more fly balls this year than what he normally does, but, uh, you know, the ball's carrying. Uh, he's an electric player. I've said it often. I use that adjective to describe him because that's, that's kind of what he is. You see it on the bases. You see it in the outfield where the ball jumps off the bat. Uh, you never quite know what's going to happen. You mentioned it, but Mike Montgomery's effort there. Yeah, outstanding. You know, uh, came in, tough spot, bases loaded, you know, got behind Coco, and, and uh, you know, he made a pay. It's a ball down the corner, but doesn't hang his head. He, he kept us right in the game, and, and then to stretch him out for as long as we did, you know, he was very efficient, which was huge, you know, and, uh, you know, to get the extra, you know, couple innings out of him uh, was really valuable and got good stuff, and, you know, it's a nice weapon to do. You can bring him into to situational, but then if you want to stretch him and, and get a length, you can. So, uh, great job by him tonight. Well-deserved win. Well-deserved win all the way around. A couple of things on Martin. 
That was his career high. Ninth home run of the season. Already his career high. And we're not even to June yet. He's on pace for a lot. And, you know, one of the things I'm most impressed about, and I mentioned Ryan Madsen, one of the best closers in the American League this year. But how about this? He had not given up a home run to a left-handed hitter in about a year. June 8th last year was the last time he gave up a home run to a left-handed hitter. 64 appearances between home runs to lefties. And he did it in that spot with the game on the line. One more thing. I think you'll like this one, too. If you look at all American League center fielders, I'm going to give you the ranks by OPS. Jackie Bradley, who's having a ridiculous year, 1.037, the leader in the American League. Mike Trout, no shock there, a 9.85 OPS. Number three, Leonis Martin, 8.20 OPS, third best in the American League. And you add his sensational defense to the mix, and you're talking about a player that's playing at an all-star level. That's what Martin is doing right now. He is playing at an all-star level between his defense and what he's doing right now offensively, completely surging. He He's playing great. And, again, we're going to dive into more tomorrow on a breakdown of exactly what's going on with Martin at the plate because it's been different than in the years past, not only with the power but also the patience and things like that. So we'll take a close look at that in the podcast tomorrow. Now, for the game tonight, here is what we're looking at. Hisashi Iwakuma will get the ball for the M's, 2-4, and 4-3-9 ERA. And this would be Sonny Gray's spot, but Sonny Gray has gone to the DL. So the A's have filled this spot with Zach Neal, a rookie making his major league debut as a starter. Neal this year is 0-0 zero zero with a 9.00 ERA. So Neal, 27, made his major league debut in relief on May 11th at Boston, allowed three runs and four hits in three innings. Oakland lost that game 13-3. At Nashville this year, he was 5-1 with a 2-5-3 ERA in seven starts. So there it is, 7-10 first pitch tonight from Safeco Field as the Mariners try and take another series. Can they do it again? We'll find out tonight. Will it be more dramatic than it was last night? I don't see how it could be, but with this team, I guess you never really know, do you? Okay, here's what we're going to do now. Mel Stottlemyre Jr., pitching coach for the Mariners. Good conversation here between Shannon Dreyer and the Mariners pitcher, uh, pitching coach. Here it is. Catching up with pitching coach Mel Stottlemyre. And Mel, last night watching Taiwan Walker, I think sometimes we see two different Taiwans, and I think that's probably part of being a young pitcher. And last night he came out, he had his fastball, and he said he was going to throw it. That was his focus last night. Yeah, that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, I think I think he's, he's grown in maturity, and he realized that over the past couple outings that it was not him. So it was this conversation that took place. Uh, man, you know, he, he came out. And we, yeah, you're right. We've, we've seen a couple different ties, but we, we obviously like the one that we saw last night. He came out, he attacked with his fastball. He had that look in his eye before the game, you know, and we've talked about having an edge, getting an edge, and keeping an edge, and, and how that translates to, to his stuff and, and his in-game management. 
pitches. It was one curve and one slider if Pitch FX was right last night. It, it, obviously, there's going to be more down the road, but this was the right time for him to. It, it was, and he needed to get back. He needed to get back to his roots, which is his fastball and his changeup. You know, we talked about ranking his pitches and understanding the pitches that he needs to go to when he's in trouble, and what he needs to do, you know, prior to trouble. Uh, he's pitched himself into jams and into trouble. Uh, you know, I think by getting away from that, and he was good last night. I'm mean, sure was proud of of him having that understanding and going out and be able to execute his game plan. It was neat as I was watching him down in the dugout before the game, and he was pretty animated here before he even took the hill for the first time. I'm not sure I saw that much before, but he was kind of jumping up and down, high fives ever. He was hanging <clears throat> off the dugout roof at one point. You know, he needs to pitch with that. It, it's uh, you. You look at all the big game pitchers and and the guys that. Uh, that have some presence, you know, the Nolan Ryans, the, the, the Clemens, the Doc Gooden in his day, and, you know, Ty, Ty fits that mold. The common denominator is, is big stuff, but they, you know, they wear it. They own that look and that, and that feel, and I, I think it's important that he has that. We've seen him let his guard down a little bit. He knows that he can't afford to do that, even with his good stuff. So seeing him take his game to another level and, and feed off that, that adrenaline and have that look, you know, like Felix has every time that he goes out and takes the ball every five days, I think is important for Ty. Is it situational when you've seen that, or is it just a lapse? Uh, a lapse. Okay. A lapse. And uh, it needs to be, the one thing that we've talked about is from, from pitch one, and it starts right before the game. You know, get getting that look and, uh, and stepping it up a little bit. Because we've seen him go out early in games where he's kind of felt his way through you know, at bats, and then all of a sudden he's in a jam, and then, you know, he's got away from, from who he is, and, you know, he has a chance to, to be a guy at the front end, and in order for him to do that, he needs to step up and be, you know, be on top of his stuff, not let his guard down from the very first pitch of the game. Well, it's fun to watch when he's on, and I think we're seeing that more often than not. I think we're also seeing him understand what that is. And it takes time, but the key is it's still early enough. You know, he's shown some spots where he has been absolutely dominating. It's, it's our job to make sure we steer, steer him in the right direction and, and so that he understands what it looks like and the, and the impact that he can have on the game and the team and to get him in there more often. Is this like a six-month plan? I mean, do you see him first day of season to end of season? It, it, it is. It, I'm still trying to get to know him, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, we've, we've built up enough relationship where he trusts me. And, uh, you know, obviously take an interest in all the pitchers and spend a lot of time. But uh, we spend a lot of time together. We, you know, chatting and talking about pitching and, you know, how, how I see him and, and the impact and the road that he's on. So it's uh, sometimes players, even good ones, need reminding. The big question is, are you going to be able to get him in a fishing boat? Uh, <laughs> I guess if I could install a uh, basketball hoop on the front of my boat, I, I, I think that could happen. He would go nuts in a fishing he, boat. He would. <laughs> but it might be good for him. He can see me and, and uh, you know, when I put my game f- face on and see a different side of me. So I get angry, go. too. But only at the fish. Mel Stottlemyre Jr., an avid fisherman. Now we're going to hand it over to Aaron Goldsmith. Really good stuff, especially on Taiwan Walker from Stephen Vogt, the A's catcher. Stephen, kind of a bizarre game last night. Two dominant pitchers in Rich Hill for the A's, Taiwan Walker for the Mariners. You had a very emphatic home run to get the scoring started for Oakland. First, let's talk about the guy that you caught most of the night, Rich Hill. Over 50 curveballs once again. What's it like catching Rich Hill? It's incredible. He's a, he's a competitor. He's fiery. 
Um, he gets better when people get on base. I mean, you saw that in the second inning. What he did to get us out of that was uh, truly incredible. Um, but you never know what he's going to do. You know, uh, you call a curveball and he could drop down. He could it could be a really big one at the top of the zone and it could go in the dirt. So, um, you know, just how sharp and hard his curveball is. It's a lot of fun to sit back there and, and watch. You had the first three ball count from Taiwan Walker from any A's hitter late in last night's game and you made him pay for it. It was a no doubter. You parked it into the seats in right field. What was it like facing Taiwan Walker last night? It wasn't very much fun facing him last night. He uh, he had an electric fastball last night. He threw me some pretty good uh, change-ups, uh, splitters, and uh, mixed in some curveballs with some other guys that I saw. But uh, last night, his fastball was as good as I've ever seen it facing him, and you know, a number of mm -hmm. times. But, um, you know, fortunately, like you said, I was fortunate to get into a three ball count and um you know i think he made the one mistake he made all night and i'm i'm fortunate that i didn't <laughs> miss it but uh you know you can't say enough about how electric his fastball was last night and how well he kept us off balance now we we talked candidly a couple of years ago when you were here playing the mariners facing felix hernandez this is one of the only times ever that felix is not facing the a's when these two teams meet up so you're very fortunate in that regard but you homered off of Felix that day. It was a changeup that he left up in the zone, and once again you hit it out to right field. And, and you had a comment the next day saying that you kind of basically went into the batter's box knowing that everybody in the ballpark expected you to strike out, and you felt no pressure. Is that something that you discovered early in your career, late in your career? Because it's a pretty interesting mindset. I, I mean, I don't think you, you don't you definitely don't go up there defeated, you know. And I think that I, I try and word that very carefully and. Um, but it's the truth that when you face guys like Felix Hernandez, that they're going to get you out. You know, that's their job. <laughs> They've been doing it for years. And, you know, I think the problem that we have as hitters, sometimes we go into a game expecting to go four for four. Mm. And I think that when you go up to the plate and you're not, it's, hey, anything I can do positive here is a is a win. And I think that um, for me, taking that approach off guys like Felix and, and other pitchers around the league has helped me just relax. And obviously, I'm not going up there trying to go over four. That's <laughs> I, I'm I'm up there working to, to do something productive for my team. But it's a mindset of this guy's been doing this a lot longer than I have, and obviously he's had very 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 good success. And the odds of me beating him four times tonight are not high. And so it's more of a coping mechanism after the fact <laughs> is that you know you go up there and all of a sudden now you're 0 for 3 with three punch outs against a guy like Felix Hernandez and you're not too down because you're not the first person he's done that to and you definitely won't be the last your story is a remarkable one you made your major league debut when you were 27 years old with Tampa Bay and if you include your time with Tampa and then the start of your career with Oakland you began your offensive career O for your first 32 at-bats with some hard line outs mixed in along the way but you were 0 for 32 until you finally homered off Joe Kelly for your first uh, big league hit and last year you were a major league all-star representing the A's in Cincinnati a remarkable journey what was it like for you when your name was called at Great American Ballpark and you went from a guy that you thought maybe would uh, be an extended moonlight gram in the major leagues <laughs> to somebody who's now a major league all-star uh, humbling was the first word. I mean, just uh, what an honor to be standing on the line and be in the clubhouse with those guys. Um, you know, that, that, whole, that whole week, All-Star Week, was just so surreal for me and for my family. Um, all the hard work, like you said, the years of sacrifice my wife, Alyssa, had put in just, you know, teaching and coaching in Tumwater, Washington, while I was over in Florida playing and um, just different, <clears throat> different sacrifices everyone along the way had made. And so for me to sit on the line and – 
you know, it was kind of funny. I was getting dwarfed by Dylan Batonsis right next to me. And, you know, he's about 6'10", and, you know, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. But um, it was so amazing. I just made eye contact with my wife, Alyssa, as they were calling my name and just started tearing up, just thinking about um, kind of everywhere, the journey to that point. And uh, just knowing that you belong with the greatest players in the world. And, uh, you know, whether it's – whether that's my only all-star game, whether I'm out of the game in a month, two months, I'm a major league all-star and no one can ever, ever, ever take that away from me. It's remarkable. It's a phenomenal story. Did you take anything, any physical thing away from that game? A cup of dirt, a ball, a bat, anything? <laughs> oh, I have everything. My catcher's <laughs> gear, my bat, my cleats, uh, jerseys, you name it. Um, got a lot of uh, autographs from people around, um, you know, other guys in the clubhouse that I've respected for a long time. Took a selfie with Felix. I had to. Um, Did you really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. During the home run derby, I went, "Hey, Felix, can we get a selfie?" And of course, he was, <laughs> he was all for it. But um, just so many players that I've respected, whether it was uh, Albert Pujols, who I've been watching since I was in high school, and playing against him the last few years, and getting to be on, in the same locker room as him in his tenth All Star game. And when you hear that ten All Star games, it's, it's we we take it for granted. Fans take it for granted. Everybody's just, oh yeah, he's a perennial All Star. Well. When you really think about how much talent and work goes into that, I think Felix has five or six now. Um, it's truly remarkable. And then you look around the room and knowing that, yeah, hey, I'm an all-star just like these guys. It's uh, it's really, really special. So you bring up your wife, Alyssa. Every time we talk, we got to talk a little basketball. First, your wife, uh, the head varsity coach at Tumwater High. How'd the season go? Uh, you know, record-wise, it wasn't too great. They played a lot of close games, had a lot of uh, close losses. We were joking in our family. I think, you know, last year, A's, we think we lost 41-run games. And, you know, I think they <laughs> lost 10 of their games were by five points or less. So it was a long year in the vote house. But, um, no, they they, uh, they made a lot of improvements. She's uh, she's done a great job turning that program in the right direction the last two years. And, uh you know, they, they made the playoffs for two consecutive years now, and um, she actually was voted coach of the year by the other coaches in the league, so despite finishing in last place in the league. So it was um, what she's doing down there is more than just winning basketball games. She's uh, she's impacting these girls' lives and uh, making making it a better place. Now, you're a California guy. You make your offseason home here in the state of Washington. Are you beginning to think of yourself as a Washingtonian quite yet, Stephen? Uh, I feel like I'm close. I mean, obviously, I'll always be a California kid, um, you know, but growing up where I did in Central California is very similar to the Northwest. Um, a lot of agriculture, a lot of, you know, country country land, all over, but it's not as green. It's so beautiful up here. I, I truly love living in Washington, and um, the Olympia-Tumwater area is home now, and uh, so many of the kids that I get to work with on the baseball side and with Alyssa coaching and just the high school lives that we get to impact on a, every winter. We um, we really enjoy it, and, and we feel like we have nine or ten daughters every winter, and it's uh, <laughs> a lot of drama in those high, <laughs> those high school daughters, but we really, we really enjoy it. Now, you're a big NBA fan, but you're more a fan of the referees than maybe the actual players. So who who's the ref right now in the association that you're following very closely? Well, you know, now that Joey Crawford is retired, um, Justin Van Dyne's my new one. You know, he's got a, a year and a half. This is his second year in the league. So uh, I actually had a chance to meet him about a month ago. He was working a Warriors game, and uh, he came to our A's game, and I had told a media person that I enjoyed watching him ref. So he came over, and we got to chat for a little bit. It was a lot of fun. But uh, the NBA is a lot of fun right now. you got the Warriors doing well, and uh, it's, it's shaping up to be a good finals no matter how the, the conference finals end up. Steven, it's always a real treat. Thanks so much for the time, as always. Thank you. There goes Joey. The pitch swung on and melted. Deep to right field. 
The Mariners have done it! Fly away! Junior with a two-run home run. The Mariners win it 9-7. Oh!